Hello and welcome listeners to the Odds Profit Podcast with me, Simon Winter, and your co-host, Ian Bright. Hello! As per the norm, we'll be taking a look at all 10 of this week's Premier League fixtures from a betting perspective to find you the best angles and tips for each game. Now let's get the very important stuff out of the way first. This podcast is about betting and gambling, so you must be aged 18 or over to listen in. And if you do follow our tips this weekend, then please gamble responsibly. So Ian, how are you? Good week? Yes, I mean, I'm looking forward to this. How did you get on last week? Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> Look... I'm going to be Captain Modest here and say I had a half-decent week last week, so um, I'll just run you through my bits and bobs. I usually say pieces there, but I'm working really hard. That sounds really good. Well, <laughs> um, without further ado, let me know how you got on. All right, thanks, man. Um, so first of all, in the early kickoff on Saturday, I had Liverpool to win and Salah to score any time, which came in at a lovely 1.91 or 10 to 11. Next up, I had under two and a half goals in Norwich versus Brighton, which landed at 8 to 11 or 1.73. I had 2.4 on Villa to score more goals in the second half than the first, which they did against Wolves. Hang on um, now, save some for everyone else here. Sorry, and I'm kind of <laughs> hogging the um, the spotlight and limelight and all that kind of stuff. Um, on Sunday it was Newcastle versus Spurs I went for both teams to score which landed would you believe it landed mm. at 1.67 and on Monday then my bravest tip of all was Crystal Palace double chance at Arsenal which landed at 2.25 they nearly won that one but they were denied in the 94th minute by yeah. Alexander Lacazette you brought Patrick Vieira to his knees you did I did mm. I did and I do it again too so um, alongside all those individual bets, I had um, a nice treble that came in at 4.0, which was the Salah anytime, under two and a half Norwich versus Brighton and Newcastle Spurs, both teams to score. So it was a clean sweep, in a 100% strike rate. How would you like them apples? Well, I have to tell you, Simon, that's impressive. Um, and that's something to strive towards because I'm not going to lie, I had a few um, bloopers this week. Go on then, fill me in. Um, okay, so the three o'clock I had Southampton versus Leeds over two point five goals and Leeds three to one and um, four or four point zero. It didn't happen, Ian. No, it didn't. It finished one nil. Leeds failed to register a single shot on target. Um, <laughs> oh, no, so they're really missing the likes of Rafinha and Bamford, to be honest. Um, More on Leeds later. Oh God. Um, and then we had the Leicester versus United game, both teams to score and over 2.5 goals at 3.1. Uh, so this turned into a goal fest. Yeah, um, it did. Could have yeah. gone either way, but Leicester pulled away in the final quarter of the game and it finished 4-2. So we yeah. had this coming in. Nice one, Ian. Good yeah. job. So um, I looked at the Man City versus Burnley game as well and I had Man City to win um, to nil at 1.73. And that came true. Boom. Uh, Burnley only had 29% possession all game. 29% possession. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, that's them all over. They don't mind that. Ah, they don't mind that, no. Um, strive to improve. Anyway, <laughs> um, then had a bit of a cheeky one with the Brentford-Chelsea game. Uh, we knew the odds were heavily stacked in Chelsea's way. Uh, Chelsea to win from behind. This is out there at 8.0. <laughs> and it turned into only a one-score game with Ben Chilwell scoring in the first half extra time. To be fair, that was a really sound bet because Brentford, they kind of gave Chelsea the runaround a little bit. They did, yeah. They were worth a point at least, I think. Mendy yeah. made about 406 or 7 saves. I don't know how um, Brentford didn't score towards the end. Like, mm. it was unreal. Looks like he had a few extra limbs. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and anyway, finally, then I had the uh, Everton versus West Ham game. I had a draw at half time and Everton at full time. And that was coming in at uh, 5 to 1 or 6.0. Uh, but Everton said goodbye to their 100% home record. We had to draw at half time, but it just swung the other way with West Ham. Oh, it's unlucky then. Yeah. Unlucky. Uh, yeah. Well, cool. Look, it was a decent week, I think. I mean, we were definitely in profit, so... Definitely. Look, I mean, some really good, strong winners there, Simon, as well. So I'm really looking forward to the what we have in store for the listeners this week. Yeah, let's get going. Cheers, Ian. Okay, so what do you have, first of all? Yeah, so I'm looking at Friday's game. It's um, the 8 o'clock, Arsenal versus Villa at the Emirates. Um, yeah, I watched the Arsenal versus Palace game on Monday night, and... You could see how Arsenal sat back after that eight-minute Aubameyang goal. Um, Palace started to create more and more chances, and you just felt an equaliser was coming as well. And considering the late drama, like and it was like last kick of the match drama, you have to kind of feel like Arsenal rode their luck in that game. Um, and Villa won't let it slide as easily, I don't think. Um, the Villains beat Arsenal 1-0 back in February, thanks to an Ollie Watkins goal in the 74th second of the game. Uh, which saw them pull off the double over the Gunners for the first time since the 92-93 season. Aside from that great result uh, against Spurs, I'll be honest with you, Arsenal didn't fail to win a single uh, one of their games by more than a single goal, mm. with signs lacking to a bit of a point of consistency up front, maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So look, both sides are sitting 12th and 13th in the league so far this season, with a win putting either comfortably into the top 10. Uh, ahead of the weekend fixtures. Okay, so the league table is always a bit strange this time of year. I mean, for my money, Villa have been playing much better than Arsenal. Yeah, I have. And look, if I'm honest, I can't really call a winner here, though. I don't see Arsenal losing on current form. Um, I think it's the last five games have gone undefeated as well. Uh, But they're coming up against a side who can beat them and have put them in their place last season, you know. I think we're going to see goals from both sides. And I've gone with Aubameyang as an anytime goal scorer. It's coming in at a solid 10 to 11 or a 2.1. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, yeah. Safe. it's all safe with him, really, isn't he? Yeah, and he seems to be finding his stride as of late as well. So get, that, yeah. get on that one. He's one of those um, forwards who can be on the periphery of things for so long and just gets a sniff of a chance and it's, there you go. That's in. it. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I really like that, Betty. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, you have the second game too, don't you, on Saturday, lunchtime kickoff? That's right. I'm actually staying in London for the next game. I'm taking the Line 29 bus and I'm hopping onto the Line 14 bus midway. Just to, hold, uh, just to stop you there, Ian, people hmm? are, are going, are they the accurate bus numbers? Yes, I looked it up. Oh my uh, God, that's incredible. And I'm getting off of Stamford Bridge. Oh All my right? God. Um, no, look, you think other shows do research? That is research. Yeah, it takes you one hour and 20 minutes or so. Oh, stop it. Yeah, give, give a bit of take with traffic, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, look, we're looking at the Chelsea versus this Norwich game here um, so well, you how, have to, do you, how do you see this one going <laughs> you have to feel for Norwich here lads yeah, you know yeah. look back in the 1920 seasons uh, when these two last met in the league Chelsea won 1-0 at Stamford Bridge while also beating Norwich 3-2 in their earlier reverse fixture actually Simon here's a little trivia now okay alright come on can you tell me the last time we saw Norwich beat Chelsea can I tell you the last time Norwich beat Chelsea oh my god um, do we have to go back to early to mid 90s we certainly do Simon we have I'm to nearly so... get into a time machine were these the days of um, Jeremy Goss and mm. all these guys was it like maybe 93, 94 season yeah yeah, you're you're on it it, it was way back in August of 94 come on now yeah, that was good Simon that was good I'll give you that now thanks a million yeah, yeah. I'm, quite a, I'm pretty chuffed with that. yeah, <laughs> that's say. really good um, <laughs> so look on recent form Norwich have frustrated their opponents to a nil-nil draw in their last two games 
Chelsea only managed to scrape just the one goal against Brentford where Mendy was awarded man of the match denying a, a denying a stunning overhead strike from Norgard in the dying minutes. Did you see that? I didn't actually see the save. I just read oh, the numbers. But it was a cracker. I must have a look. Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen Norwich find the back of the net since September 18th. And on current form... What, what year? <laughs> um, I can't see them coming away with a result at Stamford Bridge. And I'm going going with a Chelsea win to nil bet. And that's 8 to 13 or 1.63. So it's quite tight. Um, but Simon, look, can you tell me where the Toon Army are taking um, the bus to next? And, uh, <laughs> will Anton Deck show up again? <laughs> Unfortunately, I am not up on the schedule uh, near the time. But um, look, I, I was given the... Newcastle game last week as well which seemed a significant fixture and Saturday's game against Palace feels just as era-defining I think with Steve Bruce now axed um, I mean we don't know who's going to replace him yet the early favourite is Paolo Fonseca which mm. we don't know too much about I know we nearly joined Tottenham in the summer it's um, just breaking really isn't it yeah uh, as we're kind of going, uh, putting this out as well so that's it there must be money moving on Fonseca because I think he's one to three in some places already so that would suggest that things are probably far along already but look to the game itself Palace were well from my mind at least they were superb against Arsenal on Monday evening really good. they conceded that 94th minute equaliser and which was I guess you could say it was largely undeserved um, it was their third draw on the spin but Patrick Vieira has had some tough games to navigate they've, they've played Chelsea Brentford West Ham Tottenham Liverpool Brighton Leicester and Arsenal it's a really tough start they're all pretty solid teams but they've lost just twice so Liverpool and Chelsea are the only teams to have beaten, beaten them. I mean, mm. in many ways, it's probably fair to suggest that Saturday's game against Newcastle, it might be their easiest game on paper to date. I mean, it, it represents a different challenge, at least, does, to the other yeah. teams they've faced. Um, the upheaval at Newcastle probably changes the picture a little bit in terms of the overall results market. We have to look out for that new manager effect even though there's probably going to be a temporary man in charge on Sunday. What's the coach's name? I can't remember oh, now. It's going to escape me now. Today. Steve something or other. <laughs> <laughs> he's Cabbage just, head. He's just wearing like an incognito mask and he's just calling <laughs> it's himself him, it's him. Juice. <laughs> <laughs> but look, we, I think it's best to steer clear of the result markets. <clears throat> now, I guess it's interesting to note that Newcastle have scored in all but one of their eight league matches this season, despite their pretty hideous results. And both teams to score landed in seven of those games. I think there's probably a, a pattern worth backing in there. So both teams to score again at three to four or one point seven five is my pick for that game at Selhurst Park. Say that again. Both teams to score at three to four or one point seven five. That's juicy. That's nice. That's well juicy. Mm, okay, nice one. Then. We're off to Merseyside. Okay, yeah, we're um, we're going to Goodison Park, and I'm sure after last weekend. Um, well, we don't really want to go anywhere near Liverpool. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, look, both teams are on the back foot. Um, last weekend saw everyone losing at home for the first time this season, and Watford, look, they were absolutely decimated by Liverpool and lost five 0 Okay, so of the two managers, Ranieri is certainly going to be the more concerned. I mean, he, I think the realization kind of hit him. There was like um, after the match, there was just like memes going around of a sad Ranieri face and all, and. <laughs> um, Watford just looked so leggy against Liverpool. They lacked any intensity, played without any confidence, and they were just a shambles at the back. Mm. Um, you'd have to admit losing five 0 at home is just not going to do much for a side's mentality. No, the um, signs were bad, weren't they? Yeah, it's, like you talk about a new manager effect there. Um, like I mean, you didn't see any of that, did you? No, no, it's a worry. Came with a fear, yeah. like you know, there was no uplift at all. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean. 
tactics, that kind of stuff, you can kind of forgive, but there was no energy, yeah, no zest. There was no nobody was sprinting to challenge, no pressing. Well, the thing is, they're, they're acting like a team that have been found out, okay. They've coasted under the radar with seven points in eight games, um, while other teams were worse off. But let's not forget, Wofford have played Norwich, okay? <laughs> Sorry, okay. Norwich again. But they're heading for further and further down the table as well. It doesn't look like they're they're in any way, shape or form on a path to progress, okay? So Everton beat Wofford in both fixtures in the 1920 season. And with current form, Everton looked like the team to strike back. They played well against West Ham last week and denied, were denied a late equaliser when Andros Townsend failed to connect a lovely true ball in the box. I think Everton are going to relish this, this fixture after dropping points last week. It's probably the most ideal team to play against after a loss as well. I mean, uh, this Wofford side are licking their wounds as well. Um, Wofford have shown just how leaky they are at the back. And at the moment, I think it's, you know, there, there's going to be easily over 2.5 goals in this. And that's what I've gone for. Um, it's coming in at 10 to 11 or 1.91. That's really big. Yeah. Really big, given Watford's defensive record. Yeah. Yeah, solid. I like it. Now, Simon. Hello. Uh, we're coming up to the end of uh, part one. Not yet. Oh. There's one more game before the end of part one, sir. Oh, okay. I'm just getting a bit too eager. You were, oh, I know what's happening here. <laughs> so Ian has something lined up for me for the interlude. It's not a nut quiz or a factitude. <laughs> factitude? But it's something. Okay, excellent. Factitude. Well, look, let's get Factoid. your um, <laughs> let's get your final tip <laughs> out of the way. Um, and and let's, uh, I hear it's a good one. Well, you, well you're guessing there, Ian. It right. might be terrible. How did you do grapevine? You have? Oh my God. Mm. I feel hacked and observed. <laughs> Look, okay, so we're heading to Elland Road for Leeds versus Wolves, where we have to ask, Ian, what is up with the Yorkshiremen? Oh. Dare I say, second season syndrome in effect? Doesn't it look like it? I mean, Doesn't we've it seen like it. it. We've seen it happen so many teams in the past, Simon. We have, man, we have. Mm. And look, they've won once in eight games so far. That only win came in a 1-0 win against, guess who? Watford. <laughs> and all those expected goals and point stats that people kind of only half like, they indicate that they're in and around where they should be based on the underlying numbers. So they mm. haven't been unlucky. They haven't been missing loads of chances. They haven't thrown away any leads. They're as bad as their place on the table kind of suggests. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not great. Have teams crack Bielsa's code. It's probably too simplistic to say that too early at the very least but something isn't right Wolves meanwhile have been flying under the radar a little bit but their dramatic 3-2 win at Villa last weekend was their fourth win in five games and those promising early season performances under Bruno Laga are finally starting to translate into points Wolves actually beat Leeds 1-0 both home and away last season for my money they look a better team this time around especially with Raul Jimenez back up front did you like my um, the Jimenez yeah you're getting better with this yeah you've I wanted been reading to the authentic of, you've been reading the back of hot sauce bottles I think have you I have jalapenos it helps if you pour hot sauce in your eye and speak Spanish you can get all the the right mm. accents in there anyway the betting <laughs> well Wolves um, double chance is probably a little light for my liking it's about 1.57 it's okay I guess but maybe not enough on its own but if you combine a double chance bet with under 4 goals to be scored Go for then it. you're bumped up to 11-10 to 10 or 2-1 to 1. and when you consider the low scoring encounters between the teams last season Leeds own struggles this season I mean yeah no that's 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 really do you good. like that combination do you yeah, like yeah I do I do I'm actually do you know what I'm pretty glad you interrupted me before my um, halftime show. So 
Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, let's prepare. Yeah, let's I, prepare. I need a second to warm up. <laughs> now, Simon, you've hit me with random factoids on week one, then with a quiz that was quite frankly nuts on week two. So I figured it was time for me to have a bit of fun here. Oh, no. Yeah, so... Look, we're approaching scary season, uh, so we're going to test your knowledge on phobias, Simon. Oh, okay. oh I, now, I just want to say, Simon has no idea as well what the topic is going to be here. No, so. no. Yeah. Now, so before we begin, Simon, do you have any phobias yourself? I have a phobia about being um, landed in quizzes that I don't know anything about. Okay, like Jeopardy? Yes, like Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> just come on, man. Do okay. I have to say what is? Do all the answers? Is that what you're saying? Um, no. So, okay, I'm going <laughs> right. to give... Uh, well, actually, yeah, you're right. Okay, so I'm going to give you the, the name of the phobia mm-hmm. and I'm going to uh, give you the opportunity to answer, okay, what it is about, okay? There's 11 of them, so we can have a tiebreaker, but to be honest with you, I think you're too stupid to get fired. <laughs> okay. You asshole. Okay, but I'm actually going to start with a fairly easy one. Oh, right? no. Okay, so without further ado, um, what is... Phobophobia. It's a, a phobia of phobias. Wait, that's a good one. Okay, so oh I'll get you into it. Okay. That's one on one. Come okay. on. Optophobia. Opto. Mm, is this something to do with the eyes or maybe something like fear of glasses? You are you were so close, but you're so far because you're <laughs> stupid. Uh, it was the fear of opening eyes. Um, oh, well, no. So if you go to the likes of Specsavers. I got the, I got the eye thing. You did know the, the the clue was in the the front of that. Yeah, Opta. Uh, I'm yeah, not yeah. a genius, everyone. Yeah, go on. Okay, Plutophobia. Pluto. Fear of dogs. <laughs> no, it's the fear of money. So it's the fear of having money. Believe it or not. That's a real fear. Apparently so. Um, so what do people with Plutophobia? Like, what do they do with their money? I don't know, but an ATM must just like make them run a mile. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I got that one wrong too. I'm that feeling one's very, very silly. So you've got one out of three. Uh, nomophobia. Nomophobia. No, I'm not going to say the obvious stupid one because just who's afraid oh. of them? Okay. <laughs> oh no. But now maybe it is like it. Uh, Go on, quick. Nomophobia. Quick. Nomophobia. Nomophobia. Fear of traveling? No, uh, nomad. No. It's nowhere close, you stupid <laughs> idiot. Um, oh my god! It's a fear of being without your mobile phone. I'd say a millennial must have just brought that uh, one in. Oh uh, yeah, I, I can understand that being a fear. I got no mo phobia. I got no mobile. I got no mo. Uh, all right, now this Bro. one I might butcher the pronunciation of it. Okay, uh, it's Iraqi butty rephobia. Iraqi butty rephobia. Iraqi butty. I know yeah. rack. I know this one's quite of... easy, so I'll be surprised if you don't get this. Oh, he's winking at me. That can't, that means it's not easy at all. Arachnophobia. Yeah. Arachnophobia. A free a fear of spiders' arses. No, um, close, um, but so so far. Oh. It's the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Oh come on. <laughs> um, xanthophobia. Xantho. Yeah. Phobia. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing it's a, another fear of something. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> fear of Xanthos. Um, mm. Fear of... I'll give sleeping. you a clue. It's a fear of... I know it's a fear. That's not a clue. <laughs> it's a colour. It's a fear of a certain colour. Mm. Xantho. Mm. 
there's probably people at home screaming at this. It's <laughs> you absolute moron. Santophobia. It's the fear of the colour black. No, um, it's the fear of the colour yellow. People with xanthophobia are usually afraid of any object that is yellow, such as school buses and flowers. The Simpsons. And Norwich. And uh, Norwich. <laughs> uh, but nobody in the Premier League is afraid of that. Oh, it's the worst uh, quiz ever. I have three, four left, right? So I'm three, get... four left. Come on then. Okay. Umphalophobia. Umphalophobia. Yeah. Can you spell it, please, Quizmaster? O-M-P-H-A-L-O-phobia. Umphalophobia. Oh, it's really hard to even... You can't even... Like dig out a cue, a clue from the from the name. No, the <gasps> other thing that I, the only thing I could say is that the first letter is a big O. Oh is, man, I feel so like fish out of water. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna put you out of your misery here. Wait, it's, let me guess. What is it again? Umphalophobia. Fear of umphalumpas. It's the fear of belly buttons. Oh, <laughs> is your belly button a big O? <laughs> yeah. Um. Here's another one, right? Pogonophobia. Pogona. It's, it's not a fear of pog. Okay. Okay. Pogonophobia. Mm. Pogona. Pogonophobia. Pogonophobia. Oh, deserts. It's the fear of beards. Beards. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Ergophobia. Ergophobia. These must be all kind of Latin or something like that. You know? Yeah. They're not getting any clues from any of these names. No. Ergophobia. Mm. The fear of nature. The fear of work. So, do you ever uh, hear of ergonomics? Ergonomic, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Um, okay, this one's okay. You get this one. Decidophobia. So, is it that with a P-S-Y? Decido. Uh, no. Oh, decido. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fear of making a decision? Hey! Did I get one yeah, at the you end? Got, you got one. Oh. And the last one. Oh, okay. okay. <clears throat> and again, I might butcher the pronunciation here, okay? I'll butcher the answer, so we're in it together. Hippopoto monstrosis quipped aliophobia. <laughs> <laughs> Not messing. Say, can you say it again, Ian? Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, Hippopoto monstrosis quipped aliophobia. I had mm. to break it up with little lines as I wrote it down. Okay, so, I mean, is it something to do with medicine? I wonder, Hippocratic, Hippocrates? No, it's H-I-P-P-O. Okay, so it's like, Fear of hippopotamuses is this? It's actually, believe it or not, a fear of being sat on by hippopotamus. No, a fear of being taken for granted. and roughly in the bushes by a hippo- no. hippopotamus. No, it's it, something to do with fear of hippopotami. It's not at all. Oh, um, I, I, I retract. I'll, I'll, I'm going to put you out of your misery. It's the fear of long words. <laughs> oh, oh man, uh, Simon, I think you got about three and a half. I'm going to give you a half. Why? I don't deserve a half. You don't really. I'm surprised you got like three out of eleven. Yeah, but to be honest with you, that just brings us up to part uh, one's conclusion. okay well thanks Ian I had a really good time I really learned a lot there and I'm going to remember all of those forever especially the last one which is hippopotamonabotophobia that sounds good alright see you in part 2 okay welcome back to part 2 I've just about collected myself after that horrendous quiz experience where I feel I don't know why I feel my intellect has been just decimated by a hippo by a hippo (laughs) yeah okay back to the betting where I feel much more comfortable um, I'm looking at Southampton versus Burnley, which is a 3pm kickoff on Saturday. Now, arguably, well, not arguably, definitely, this is the least inspiring fixture of the weekend, <laughs> I think. Where two of the league's lowest scoring, well, two of the league's three lowest scoring teams, I should say, meet at St. Mary's. 
when Southampton last played Burnley at home at the tail end of last season in April, I think it was. Yeah. It was a proper ding-dong pulsating end-to-ender, Ian. It was 3-2 to the Saints after they clawed their way back from two goals down and nobody was expecting that pre-match and nobody's going to be expecting that this weekend. I'm not sure it's going to be quite as gripping. (laughs) 100% of Southampton's home games so far have produced under two and a half goals. In fact, they've scored just twice in 360 minutes of football on the South Coast so far. In contrast, in contrast, oh, I'm so funny. Burnley have scored just five times in eight games overall. I think we all know this where this one's going, where it's headed. Yeah. Under two and a half goals is a pretty generous looking 10 to 11 or 1.91. It certainly looks much better than any of the match result prices. So, you know, very few reliable goal scorers in each camp. Mm-hmm. Shea Adams hasn't scored a single goal yet this season. Adam Armstrong has just one. For Burnley, Chris Wood, who was so good last year, mm. has not just won himself since the summer. And Ashley Barnes and Jay Rodriguez have a lovely zero duck egg each. There's a few waiting to open their account there, isn't there? Yeah, well, you could say that, or else you could just say they're they're all well off the boil. I yeah, guess. true. But look, everything points to a drab one here. So under two and a half goals is a nice simple one. I'm sticking to it. The price is right. 1.91. So there we go. Great. Looks good. Tell me about the next game you have coming up. I was just about to do that. Would you believe... <laughs> I am looking at it. I'm sticking to the South Coast where Brighton and Man City play at half five on Saturday. It's the dinner time fixture, Ian. Yum, yum, yum. Get it into you. Brighton and Man City. Um, yeah, so look, Brighton can actually leapfrog City in the table with the right result. They've started the season that well. Green Potter is starting to get the recognition he deserves too. He's been linked with just about every top job in England that he possibly can be. He's been touted as the next next England boss, the next Spurs coach, and even a possible candidate to replace Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester United. Um, Is he ready for that step up? Who knows? But he's certainly doing a great job. Brighton beat Manchester City at the Amex in May 3-2, and where they came from two down. They gave them a real run for the money at the Etihad a few months before that in January where they eventually lost 1-0 and probably deserved a bit more. So this won't be a cakewalk for City by any stretch of the imagination. Cakewalk? Uh, yeah, a cakewalk. That's a real thing. Oh, nice. Did you not hear cakewalk before? No, there's go ahead. There's something for you to Google later on. <laughs> the champions, they blitzed them Club Bruges 5-1 on Tuesday, but the, the Premier League is a tougher competition than the Champions League there. I said it, it's out there. Wow. It's harder to win. Uh, well, yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So, look, City to win at two to five is a bit rubbish. So, avoid the hell out of that one. But if you couple an away win with both teams to score on Saturday, so City to win eventually, but Brighton to give them a yeah, good yeah. run again, the price jumps to twelve to five or three point four. Ooh, isn't that a big? That's, that's a bit of a filter. That's a great jump as well. Like, I mean, it's a it's a whopper. Yeah, that it, is it's amazing. A, it's a, a, a massive leap, Ian. Mm, it's a big ham sandwich. It's a big, it's a big ass ham sandwich, Ian. All right, Ian. Here I'm handing over the mic to you, Ian. So what do you got for Brentford versus Leicester? Yeah, I just want to confirm as well. We actually have two mics here, um, but uh, Brentford versus Leicester. Yeah, correction. Look. Three microphones. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Sunday at two p.m. We're looking at the Brentford Leicester game. Uh, the last time these two sides met was in January this year in the FA Cup, where a visiting Leicester beat the hosts 3-1 to knock them out of the competition. The landscape has shifted, Ian. It has, Simon. We're looking at um, a strong league start now from Brentford, um, and they're sitting currently just ahead of Leicester by a point. Um, single digit. Single digit point, Simon. Their performance against Chelsea last weekend was admirable, and they were perhaps unfortunate not to come away with a consolation point. Um, 
But look, we talked about it earlier on. Uh, they just couldn't find a way past Mendy. Uh, holding one of the league favourites to just one goal is not something to be ignored, though. And they've also frustrated the likes of Liverpool to a draw earlier this season as well. It's really a difficult game to call because on paper you'd expect Leicester to come into this and get a win. But this Brentford side just know how to get really get under the skin of, of opponents as well. Um, so I'm actually going to stay away from straight up calling this result outright. Uh, but I do think there's going to be goals from both sides. Uh, so both teams to score and over 2.5 goals looks a great bet at 11-8 or 2.38. Oh, meaty. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that. It's a solid bet, isn't it? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, there's bound to be goals in that. Leicester are going to have their tails up. Yeah, or with the wind in their tails, you could say, eh, Ian, from previous shows. They could, or in their sails is what I probably should have said before. You should have said that. I won't bring, the, I won't bring that up anymore. Um, I'm trying to get my own back for that horrendous quiz you put me through. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, and I'm sorry. but look. look, it's my turn for a quiz next week, so, I mean, payback. Yeah, exactly. What have you got going on over um, with the West Ham game? Oh, it's London derby time. Oh, I'm not going to do a, a cockney accent because it's just not fair. Cockney? Yep. Mahogany. Mm-hmm. But look, we head to the aptly named London Stadium where East London-based West Ham host North London-based Tottenham. London! Ian London! South London, mate. No, no, no. no. See, this is why. This yeah. is why. Look, there are six teams from the capital this season, actually, so we're going to have a lot of these. We will. Apples and pears. Pears and apples. Mm-hmm. Well, look, both clubs have enjoyed similar starts. There's just one point and two places between them ahead of Sunday's game. West Ham will win this in three games at home, and they conceded twice on each occasion. Those numbers will be music to the ears of Harry Kane and Song Hyung Min, who are both hitting a bit of form. Mm. The Hammers have scored seven in seven out of eight games this season, however, and Spurs have conceded 12 times in their last five league assignments. So, look, the stink and stench of goals is all over this one. Can you smell it? Yeah, it smells like... It's so summer, strong. Mm, summer fruits. Summer fruits is the smell of goals. <laughs> it smells like Lenore. <laughs> Fabric softener. Last season's encounters between the teams spawned nine goals. Remember that 3-3 thriller last season? Remember West breaking. Ham scored three times the last eight minutes, I think? Mm. That was class. I'm hoping Sunday's game will be just as entertaining. All the gr- ingredients are there. So, you know, over two and a half goals is quite big on its own at four to five or 1.8. Yeah. So considering the records this season, considering last season's games, I'm happy I mean, enough with that. Nice and simple again. Yeah, it's a solid bet, Simon. It is a solid bet. I thank you. Okay, so for our final game this week, it's the biggest game of the weekend. Manchester United versus Liverpool at Old Trafford. Now, because the game is so big and because Ian is a Liverpool fan, I'm a United fan, we thought we would do this game as, as a team. We yes. thought we'd team up just to kind of iron out the bias in a sense. So it's, what? A, it's all about teamwork, isn't it? Teamwork I mean, makes the dream start. Yes, exactly. It rhymes. <laughs> so look, I suppose I'll start then with, by saying, I mean, perspective could shift a little bit based on the outcome of United's Champions League game against Atalanta this evening. Mm. Starts a couple of hours after this recording, actually. Or while we record it, so I should say. If United switch up systems and personnel and they get a good result and more importantly, a convincing performance and Sunday's game could be approached with a little bit more optimism Um but right now, things are just about as pessimistic as they can possibly be with United. Um, they're in a real rut. All the parts of the team look out of place. In contrast, Liverpool are just... They're absolutely flying. Mm. I mean, sometimes your luck changes. They had plenty of rotten luck last season. They really did. And things seem to be going for them this time around. That's not for a second suggesting that they're jamming their way, their way along to all these brilliant performances and wins. I mean, far from it. But 
sometimes there's a notable noticeable shift in momentum when sting, things just kind of start to fall for you and momentum starts to build. I think they've kind of hit that zone. Are they getting back to the form that we've seen them um, in the season before? And last, I mean, look, you can't deny that they had that string of injuries and you know the likes of Van Dyke and stuff. He's just so solid at the back, isn't he? And he's had a bit of a wobble the last couple of weeks, but generally, yeah, I the point is this. Yeah, I get the point. I mean. They're not quite there yet, but I think they're on the road. It's back ominous. There. It's yeah, ominous. Yeah, yeah. They're playing wonderful stuff. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's a real worry for United. It's a worrying thought because I mean they've looked in comparison completely all over the place. I actually missed that Leicester game on Saturday. Oh, did you? <laughs> I watched it back okay. on Monday. I had a, a little bit of time to spare in the evening when all the kids were put away. <laughs> I'd say you deli- that just made your Monday even better. I'd say did it. Do you know what? <laughs> I'm not sure United played as bad as the, the, the fallout and the, the reaction suggests. Mm. I think it was kind of, maybe it was because I knew the result and I was kind of watching it with peace of mind almost. But for about 75 minutes, I think it was quite even. Mm. I mean, Maguire had that absolute horror show and I think that might have been the difference. He was at fall for three of the four at least. So, Yeah, did the, being back in the Leicester Stadium just actually, do you reckon that just got in his head a little bit? Like it just Possibly. Yeah, I know yeah. he... He didn't have much. I think he had one day's training after his injury too. So there was a lot of rustiness there. It was probably Solskjaer dropping a bit of a, a clangor, chucking him straight back in. But he, I suppose he doesn't have many options. It was either him or Eric Bailly or Phil Jones. <laughs> okay. But look, Excellent. I'm kind of drifting here. I'm talking. I'm, I'm digressing, Ian. Yeah. So what? what In terms of the go, betting, yeah, I hear you. Go. I hear you say. I'm eager. I'm chomping at the bit here. All right then. We'll chomp no more, my friend. As much as it pains me to say, Liverpool look a massive price at 2.2 to win just straight up on Sunday. Over one and a half team goals against that porous United defence looks really good at 2.12. Salah any time at the same odds, 2.1 looks good too. Basically, look, any positive bet in Liverpool's direction looks a gore, unfortunately. Um, However, I'm taking an alternative track on this one. No, no. It's not what you think. United aren't getting pushed here. Um, maybe it's to save my sanity or to maybe ease my burning fear somewhat. But Liverpool at m- in minus one in the corner handicap market. Okay. Even money or 2.0. And that's what I'm plumping for. They've been winning stupid amounts of corners this season. Yeah. They've won 75 in the Premier League in total. That's nearly 10 a game on average. Wow. And most games just see around 10 both teams combined yeah. so it's an insane number they've covered at least four in the handicap in eight out of 11 games in all competitions so they're just winning bags and bags of corners so minus one seems really really short handicap to cover for them so 2.0 double your money I don't have to tip United to lose so I'm a happy camper Ian what do you have for the game? Yeah okay well I suppose I'm taking a look and you're right there's there's a couple of really tight calls here as well okay Um so I have a, a safe bet here, um, solid bet. It's so, uh, is over two and a half goals and both teams to score. Okay, um, and that's coming in at ten to eleven or one point nine one. Okay, did you know Liverpool are the first uh, top flight English side in history to go uh, seven consecutive away games um, and score three plus goals? That's nothing, Ian. Uh, but that's a hard stat to ignore, Simon. United you know? hold the longest unbeaten away record in English football history that just ended last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There Talk about coincidence. Um, <laughs> so anyway, right, look, um, that's fine. So I think there's going to be a lot of goals here, okay? Um, so that's uh, over 2.5 goals, 1.91, right? That's a little bit tight and you fancy a little more bang for your buck. I'm also tipping both teams to score in the first half all right 
The same fixture in May saw six goals, finishing 4-2 to the visiting uh, Liverpool on the day. We saw Firmino score two in the first half, with Salah and Jota also on the score sheet. Fernandes um, also scored for the host in the first half. Was it half. dead rubber? <laughs> mm. It didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything anyway, right? But if you were looking at the, the last games from last weekend, both teams both scored in the first half as well, right? So that's actually coming in at... Wait for this now, right? Mm-hmm. Drum roll. It's 11-4 to four or 3.75. For both teams to score in the first half? Yep. Wow, yeah. that's huge. So they've done it in the last uh, fixture last year and um, they also did it in the previous matches last weekend. So I think it's um, it's a very nice bet. It really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. So I mean, that's um, wrapping up what I have here. Okay, so that that's the biggest game of the weekend cover. Mm-hmm. I think we've given you plenty of lovely angles of approach in that one um, how just, many bets were there total I think there was five or six to pick out yeah and then, yeah. And then three kind of favourites so you've got lots to go on well as long as you don't have any decidophobia ah uh, look at he wormed it in there I did he I'm likes it he that. likes it uh, do you have a treble for us this weekend I do and it's a really good treble okay we'll see I'd like to point out now that um Ian is waving his arms frantically and telling me to stop recording but I'm not going to I think he's lost his his notes <laughs> on his treble so I think I'll just give mine first and give Ian a, a chance to get himself sorted I've so lost my treble yeah I'm telling you You're it's in a spot that good treble. it's that rare that it just vanished maybe the bookmakers were so afraid of your treble that they hacked you and deleted it it's a possibility I think it's probably a probability at this stage but look, I'll talk you through my treble first. It's a fairly simple one. I've taken my under two and a half goals bet from Southampton versus Burnley. I've chucked in over two and a half goals for West Ham Tottenham. And I'm going to talk a little bit slower now to give Ian that little bit of time he needs. I don't think he's there yet. Uh, we'll, get, we'll have to come back here. Okay, well, look, I still have to put in the last leg of my treble. You see, there's only two legs in it at the moment, and one more leg in on top of that will make it three legs. Also, uh, here's a song. Um, don't you worry, Ian. You I've can got find my treble. You. Have you got it? Yeah, I have my treble coming up here now. You see, that was much more fun than stopping and just recording it like a professional. But the last leg of my treble is that Liverpool minus one. Um from Sunday's game at United so yeah that comes in at 5.87 so a big jump on last week's successful successfully in last okay. week's successful treble at 4.0 it's even bigger so if this is successful you probably all owe me some money that actually sounds really good Simon say that again to me you want me to go through the whole thing again Ian yeah because I think the listeners would have got lost there I think they got them because they can stop it. oh okay I see I see what's happening Okay, okay. Oh, hi Ian, do you have a treble? Yeah, I do. Wow, just like that, lightning. Yeah, so I'll tell you, this one is actually really juicy, right? So it's worth the wait, okay? So um, I've got Aubameyang to score any time, okay? Mo Salah to score any time. And then then we've got the Chelsea-Norwich game, right? A goal before the 30th minute. Okay. What? Yeah. 6.89 to 1. Oh, come off it. I'm telling you now. That's really good. That's a really good bet. Yeah, it's really good. I bet that was worth the wait. It was. I I can speak for all of our listeners in saying that, you know, it was. It really was. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I'm I'm striving to do um, better than I did last week. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we get on next week. I've got great confidence in you, Ian. Me too. Mm -hmm. Swings and roundabouts. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, well, look, I'm going to try my best, obviously, to hit 100% strike rate again. doesn't happen that often, but let's keep the, the streak going if we can. Yeah, sounds good. Well, sounds like fun. That's pretty much it for us this week. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Remember to follow us on Spotify if you like what you hear. And make sure to check out Odds Profit on Facebook and on their official website for the latest expert tips. But most importantly of all, remember to gamble responsibly. Goodbye and see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.